Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. This week, the start to a new year has been an incredible ride. The energy in the building is wonderful. It is hectic and hopeful. It feels so different than last year at this time. These folks are ready to be on board and to make our school the best it can be. I did my opening handbook and PLC presentation, and though I sweated like a pig, I believe it went well. I got positive feedback from staff, and I feel good about rolling out the PLC process. Jeannie taped a one to two minute clip of me talking with staff to add to my portfolio. Ironically, when I got home that evening, there was an email waiting for me, inviting me to the probationary PLC Associates training in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The training is in mid-September, and I'm totally stoked about it. I cannot, well, I really can, believe how things are falling into place because what you focus on grows. The energy at school is hectic and awesome. It feels like learning is really going to take place this year. Hey, listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because I don't know. No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity, but they're spinning in circles, having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning. I can move your district from PLC light to PLC right, because I explain PLCs like no one else. I simplify it. It's authentic. I can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you, all the moving parts and make them make sense. If you are interested in Advancing your mission of learning for all, advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of ruthless equity and um, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site, go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. It reminds me of, it reminds me of that book I read. It's called, uh, uh, reminds me. Of, of nothing, nothing. And I got 950,000, 1,100 books behind me right now on this shelf. And some of them are great, but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other, explains equity like no other, speaks to you like no other, the coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding 
your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity at Amazon.com. If you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. I know I've said this a hundred times, man. I am so grateful that I kept these journals. Oh my gosh. And um, I've already hinted at this for the last couple of weeks. I am turning these entries into a combination book and journal for principles, particularly the principles of that school. My gosh. So here's the deal, man. This entry is the first day of my second year at the school. And reading it clued me in on what makes leaders like me different. And perhaps one of the most, perhaps the most important leadership characteristic when you have been blessed to lead that school. So here's the parallel example that I'll use. I remember talking with staff early in my career and, you know, there, there were always these, uh, well, they, they like to call themselves realists who would say, before we saw a kid, well, we know everybody's not going to learn. We can't guarantee that 100% of our kids are going to learn. Is, you know, is it, is it really realistic to expect to 100% of our kids to master the content? Is it really realistic to expect all these things, you know? And what I did one year was, well, here's a class role and highlight the kids who are like severely behind and blah, blah, blah. Kids who you don't think are gonna make it. And they highlighted some kids. And I said, all right, it's August. Let's get on the phone and call these parents and tell them, look, uh, keep sending them to school. You have a right to do that. You're a taxpaying citizen. We'll uh, we'll feed them. We'll feed them. Uh, take them on field trips every once in a while and give them recess. But uh, they ain't gonna make it. And I offered my staff a chance, the opportunity to, to to call every parent of every student that you thought wasn't gonna make it, and tell them in August your kids aren't gonna make it. And they were not happy with that suggestion. They were not happy with that suggestion. And my larger point was. We don't have the right to predict. That's not our job to try to predict who's going to make it and who's not. It's not our job. Our job is to put our head down, get to work, be surgical about monitoring every student's process and picking our heads up and knowing that wherever they've gone, wherever we've taken them, we can go to sleep that night saying we left it all on the field. And leading that school is the same thing. Now, here's what I'm proud of. I am... Well, let me start with let me start with uh, a realistic frustration. Year one was it's it's hard to explain this. This is one of the reasons why when I when I write this book, instead of arranging the journal entries and themes into themes, I'm gonna keep it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the chronology. Because the chronology highlights what I believe to be a very common aspect when you lead that school. And that is this dynamic of one step forward, three steps back. 
You can't let the highs get too high or the lows get too low. And there's so many days of one step forward and three steps back. So many days. And if you've been following this podcast, it wasn't long before you realized that I have a shit show on my hands. I mean, the hot mess express. I mean, the dysfunction junction. These are all the names I have from my school. It didn't take long to figure that out. And it would be easy to conclude that we cannot focus on PLCs, cannot focus on high levels of learning, cannot focus on uh, quality tier one instruction with all the shit going on at our school. It would have been easy to conclude that. And the data would bear that out. But what I'm proud of, what I'm proud of is that from day one, I had an instructional vision. And I talk about it in several episodes, through the clouds, through the chaos, through the smoke, through the fog. The one thing that kept me coming back every day was this quest to try to get to that that level of of instructional practice, of, of, of effective collaboration, of focusing on essential learning outcomes. Did, did we get to, we didn't get to half of what I wanted to get to that first year, but we, I came in every fucking day determined to go after it. And that's what I'm proud of every single day. And what I found reading through these journals and you see, I'm getting pissed off all over again. I'm sorry. Is that most days the shit hit the fan and we were knocked back two or three steps. But every single day, every single night, I go home, recharge, dust off, and come back and make an attempt to be a high-performing school, to act as if in spirit today and in results tomorrow. Every single day. There was not one moment where I concluded that we cannot focus on effective instructional practices. Not one day. Now, circumstances dictated that I wasn't going to get to half of it. But I came in swinging every single day and that is an absolute requirement of that school leadership and I'm proud of that because in the work I do with schools and districts the consulting I do all over I go to too many places that just like my staff tried to do some of my staff members were like uh, some of these kids ain't gonna make it in August before we even see them I work with too many leaders and too many teacher leaders who at the beginning of the year conclude that we'll never get to instruction. We've got to deal with discipline first. We've got to deal with this first. got to deal with that first. And I say no to that. And don't ask me about a whole lot of research because I am the research. I'm telling you, every single day, we came in with the intent to be a high-performing PLC school. And many of those days, we got kicked in the fucking teeth. Many of those days. But there was not one day where I woke up and said, you know what, I got to focus on. And for, for us, I had as many adult behavior issues as I had student behavior issues. Wasn't one day where I concluded that we can't get to it. I just kept trying every single day. And I believe this entry on uh, during the first week of the second year is a testament to those efforts. It's a testament to those efforts. You know, were things absolutely perfect? No, far from it. But had we moved, we moved so far from where we began. 
And the thing is, it's not linear. It's not always linear. Because if I just look at the bath and how many one step forward and three steps back cycles we had, like it doesn't um, it doesn't add up logically that the beginning the beginning of the second year opens this way. But what I believe happens is there's a compounding effort, just like compound interest. It's hard to explain the rule of 72. If you know anything about investing, about how money doubles every six years, blah, 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 at 10 percent, the whole thing, compound interest. I think this works that way. And because we never took our eye off the ball, I never sent the message that we're not ready for quality instruction. We're not ready for high levels of tier one instruction, even with the 31 vacancies. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of that. I'm also proud of the fact that I sweat like a pig. And I don't sweat like a pig all the time, but clearly I had an, a nervous excitedness about launching that second year. And I'm proud. I mean, I, I didn't, I wasn't in the principalship for decades, but I can tell you every year felt like a rush. Like it never got old to me. School leadership never, uh, never got routine for me. And, um, and I'm wired the same way now, you know, in this world of entrepreneurship, I tell people all the time, my office is just full of carnage. There's dozens of ideas that I try and take swings at that don't work and things that I screw up and learn from, you know, I kind of build the plane while flying it. And so I don't care how chaotic your school is. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to put forth my school experience as the most chaotic ever. I'm just telling you that you have to identify the ball and never take your eye off the ball. Never take your eye off the ball. As frustrating as it is. I mean, I was three quarters through the first year and I was thinking to myself, damn, we didn't get to a whole lot. Like you don't, there are not a whole lot of entries about instruction. It's it's mostly just like, it's whack-a-mole shit. It's just whack-a-mole stuff all day long. And so my overarching message is for the leaders of that school just be careful and don't get caught up in trying to decide at the beginning of the school year that your culture is such that you cannot focus on instruction you've got to and you've got to be relentless about it and at the same time acknowledge that there are going to be some days where you're going to be knocked back into the corner you're going to be, you get, your, get your teeth kicked in but you can't predict it you can't know when it's going to happen you don't know how it's going to happen you have to go in every day and act as if you have to be a high performing school in spirit today and in results tomorrow I'm really proud of myself gosh that's the power of uh, that's the power of journaling I'm sitting here like like this happened yesterday this is 2006 17 years ago, but just uh, recording the podcast makes it feel like yesterday and be on the lookout over the next few months. I've never seen a book like the one I'm proposing to write. Um, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm, I'm always looking for like an edge, trying to do things a little different. I don't want to blend in, uh, but be on the lookout because uh, I think this may have some legs. Uh, have a great rest of the week. You got me all worked up here on uh, Tuesday evening about this entry. And remember to always start with the crown.
on the next episode of the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast. While we're off to a better start to this year, it's important to still understand how to find the diamonds in the dysfunction, baby. The diamonds in dysfunction. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit RuthlessEquity.com.